tell you ladies and gentlemen it's good to be here good to be here on a Friday evening in April one of the last Fridays in April we have one more to go next Friday is the 29th it's Lauren's birthday I will not be on the air next Friday it's gonna be a little bit of a abbreviated week because Wednesday I'll be off that night too because of the gig that me and the band are playing so next week it's Monday Tuesday Thursday and um for tonight, for tonight though, I am really excited about the first half of our, of our programming for the evening on QuiteFrankly.tv and elsewhere, and then the second half of our programming for the evening, which is going to start around 8.30. We're going to end this show just a tad bit earlier because I don't want to be here all night, but what we have to do after, quite frankly, is so exciting for me and for anybody else out there who has been taking part in the very new, quite frankly, book club. And tonight is session one of the book club. We're getting together. We're going to be reading through some of the some of the analysis that everybody, that people in the audience have been submitting to the official thread on the quite frankly subreddit, the forum. I'm going to have Timothy uh, Timothy Gordon on with me to to co-host this and every other uh, session that we do, especially on this book, Windswept House by Malachi Martin. The first hundred pages are something else, at, le at least in my opinion. Because, of course, this is a uh, people can differ, and I and I hope hopefully we get some differing opinions. But tonight, that is going to be happening in a separate broadcast on QuiteFrankly.tv or DLive. So there's two places you can watch it, not the normal 7 to 10. Just let you know in case you're wondering where the hell everybody went. Go to DLive or to QuiteFrankly.tv. All right. What are we doing tonight? I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. There's nothing else to say except quickly go get your food. Go talk to Pat and Gina. Go get your food. I'm sure you're seeing this all over the place from places like uh, Zero Hedge and beyond. Rockefeller Foundation president starts countdown until all hell breaks loose. Rockefeller found out, uh, Foundation president Rajiv Shah told Bloomberg Television's David Weston a massive immediate food crisis is on the horizon. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. There's also very odd things that are going on uh, juxtaposed to this situation, which I'm sure that you have seen people like Black Conservative Patriot covering and uh, Grace, really graceful. And that is this unbelievable timeline of food processing plants and feederies and all this other stuff, uh, granaries, everything. It's 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 insane. The the fires, the explosions, things that are affecting on every single level the way that we would ever be able to weather a massive self-inflicted wound to our 
supply chains like we are right now. So I would say go to bluemonsterprep.com and take a look around. I'm probably going to get, when I see this, I'm like, all right, well, while the delivery times are still between two and four weeks, I am probably going to get myself a couple extra buckets of food. And, of course, bury it in a nondescript location. All right. Um, it's always good to be uh, very good to be discreet about where you're keeping all your supplies and only talk to people that you trust. So do what you got to do. Talk to Pat and Gina. They are very, very helpful, and they'll help you make your money last and help you plan and uh, and get things going. So there you have it. And then, then of course, go buy yourself some CBD and relax because we need to keep our wits about us. Uh, what is going on, Matt? Matt is hanging out tonight for a little bit. How you doing? Hello, Francis. It's been a while since we did this, huh? Yeah, well, I guess well, three weeks. Two. Well, I've been. This is this is my first. Fr- well, no, I did Good Friday at home, but we haven't hung out in the studio for almost three weeks. Yeah. Crazy how things happen. But I'm happy that you're feeling well. You're looking good. Thanks. You too. Looks man. like you had a nice smooth day. No, I didn't. I hated it. Okay, that's what. Well, that's what you say every night. So I don't think we. Nobody believes you anymore. I, I hate it every day. I'll bring a camera with me. You can record me at work. <laughs> Fucking stressed out all day. No, I've I've gone on jobs with you before, so I I know, I know how how it is, and it hasn't even gotten that hot yet, too. I like it when it's hot. Yeah, but when it's when you're inside of attics and stuff. I like it because then it's not hot outside. Oh, so it gets cooler when you get outside. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, we're going to get around to all the food crisis stuff on Monday when Rich Barris is on for his his monthly spot. So there's that. What else do I have here? Where on earth? Tonight's, tonight's show, I should also say tonight's guest for, quite frankly, is Akira the Don. And we're going to be talking about uh, his music, and we're going to be talking about just the world at large. Akira, I, we, we spent a lot of time playing his music videos on, quite frankly, TV late at night, of course, with all, with all credits and, and citations and, and all that stuff. But still, then, then we learned that he's a member of the audience. So we got a lot of great stuff to talk about, and I think it should be a nice continuation from last night's show with Kathy O'Brien, which I'm I continue to get wonderful feedback about. You know, for such a dark topic, uh, it, it was really an uplifting and uh, and energetically focusing night. So I hope that that was the the common experience there. There will be other times and other appearances by Kathy, God willing, and uh, we'll have more time to go into depths on a, on a number of other topics that I had. All right. All right. So there you have it. Let's get into some grab bag items as well. Matt, did you see this? They found uh, there's, there's pictures of Madison Cawthorn wearing women's lingerie in a public setting. <laughs> Was he joking around or is he like I don't know. a hobby of his? I don't know, but, you, but they're, they're going after he... he they they want to, to to ruin him and that Marjorie Taylor Greene so bad and Trump. They want to make sure that those three are ineligible to run again or that they have they have a fractured base. Of course, they're they're going after uh, Madison Cawthorn's very religious base because yeah, I he, like him. 
Yeah. I like them a lot. Well, it's very hard. It's it, it, it's hard to, uh, and they know what they're doing by putting this on out there. Like, that's uh, that's something I would do. It's a joke. It's funny. It's, it's a joke. I was, he was there. It's a joke. Don't tell nobody, Sal. This is like this is like Vito in the gay bar. <laughs> He's gonna go. Who the hell? But this is this is uh, this comes on the heels. We we're just I just mentioned him last night because I brought up the whole uh, you know congressional orgy thing that he was talking about. That he was invited to the orgy. Madison Cawthorn. He said he was invited to an or to. But isn't uh, he? Yeah, I, I guess they just wanted his uh, his face around because. Whatever. I don't know. They just wanted him there. They want you in a place where they can pin you down and say, hey, you were here. But uh, apparently he had already had some fun at a costume party or something. <laughs> Who the hell knows? So we'll see. We'll see. This, this, this is what it is. This is what it's like to be in, in public service. It's a bunch of horse shit. They don't do anything. If you're if you're in Congress, you don't spend any time debating anything. You certainly don't debate legislation. There is no legislative process. You put oh you put ten thousand bills that you should be debating and voting on one by one into gigantic spending bills. So you do your one vote, your one service a year, and the rest of the time you spend colluding with the media to destroy your your opposition, especially your uninitiated opposition, because we know the whole. Uh, Democrat versus Republican thing is largely nonsense. As Kathy O'Brien said last night, the only lines, the only party lines are cocaine lines in um, in uh, in government. So it's really just who among you are the uninitiated that you really want out of the D.C. country club. And that's what that's all they do. That's all they do. So who the hell knows? All right, moving on to something else. Did you know about this little this little thing, uh, Matt? A little bit of uh, odd news. This triangular mosaic is the smallest piece of private property in New York City. Did you hear about this? I'd never been there before. New York City is full of unusual plots of land left over from various construction projects, but none as small and emblematic as the Hess Triangle, a private property, uh, a private property barely larger than a pizza slice. The story of the Hess Triangle began in 1910 when the city of New York claimed eminent domain in order to expropriate and, uh, and demolish 253 buildings, including the Voorhis, a five-story apartment building owned by David Hess. The businessman and his family fought the decision, but by 1913 they had exhausted all legal options and had to watch their property be demolished. However, in 1928, while checking property papers, Hess's heirs discovered that the city had neglected to seize a tiny corner of plot 55 and quickly filed a notice of possession for it. That's how the Hess Triangle, the smallest piece of real estate in New York City, came to be. Wow. And there's the mosaic. Yeah. It says property of the Hess estate, which has never been dedicated for a public purpose. It's the most expensive piece of uh, private property in the world right there. It's probably like $17,000 per square inch. It's, uh, it's measuring only point zero 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 seven nine seven one one three acres. The Hess Triangle is barely larger than a big slice of pizza. It would only be invisible. It, uh, it would only. Uh, it would also be invisible to the naked eye if not for the black and white mosaic decorating it. 
Uh, this is very small. This is a zoomed-in picture, then. I have to go find this thing. Property of the Hess Estate, which has never been dedicated for public purposes, soon after being legally claimed by the Hess Estate, the city of New York actually had the gall to ask the family to donate the small plot to the public, but they dedicated, uh, they decided to hold on to it as a symbol of resistance and defiance. It's the little guy fighting City Hall, said Andrew Berman, executive director of the Greenwich Village Society for Historic Preservation. In 1938, the Hess Triangle was sold to the adjacent village cigar store for $1,000. Uh, that may not sound like a lot, but considering the size of the plot and inflation, the tiny piece of property would be worth about $17,000 in today's what money. I just I said 17000 per square inch. Per square inch. So that's it would be give a it lot. a couple of weeks <laughs> with the inflation. Yeah, give it a couple of weeks. Fuck you, Putin. Uh, that's sixty-eight thousand dollars per square meter, which actually makes the Hess Triangle not only the smallest but one of the most expensive pieces of property in New York City. What do you know? We should go buy some cigars at that store. Yeah, we shouldn't, and we should trespass on 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 the property there. Well, that wouldn't be sticking it to anybody but those who are resisting. We, we, should, be, we should be going over there with a toothbrush and actually right. we should be cleaning the mosaic. You are right. I mean, they knocked down whatever was there that was probably way more beautiful than what's there now. We should honor them. Yeah, we should. We should honor them. Oh, oh, damn. Oh, I, just oh. Got a, I, I just got a text message from Abe to remind me that there is a video... A three-minute video of me and BCP. We have got to watch together. Um, I'm going to call up uh, Akira the Don at, at 7.30. We have to just go until about 8, 8, 10 or something like that, maybe around there. I'm getting off at 8.30. So after we talk to Akira the Don, we have to get into this video that in three minutes proves that I am a Freemason, part of a satanic cult. Well, yeah. I know. Son of a bitch. I you know what I know? You know what I know? I know. When you went, you like, no, I didn't join. I know you joined. <laughs> and you didn't even bring me in. We didn't know each other until in, like the next year for for the day that I was supposed Did to you? be. I was supposed to join that shit. But. but Did join. Anywho. You even got the tissue over one. Everyone knows you have the tattoo. Well, that, that is the biggest piece that, of evidence. And that, does this a member when it started? You did the, the, there's actually, isn't there a picture with you doing the Illuminati symbol on your eye? No, it was during, it was during the Zadalza New York opening intro. It was a Z-N-Y. And back then, because we covered all that, uh, that, that uh, occult stuff, and we knew that the framing the eye and all that stuff. Uh, so we all, we all struck that pose. This is damning to you, to it is. your all political the, career. All bro. these years later, all, those, all these years later it is. I mean, I, 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 I seriously were like, what? tell me about the. Uh, the all-seeing eye on your arm. Well, I mean, you have to you have to talk about wh what the piece represents. It's about it's about knowledge. Some people want to hide the knowledge. Some people want to expose the knowledge and share it all. So it's really just a matter of perspective with that. But literally, my my decision process for the tattoo was, okay, well, uh, I only have a little bit pat a little bit of a patch on my arm. It's in the crease. I obviously didn't want to do the crease at all because I knew it was going to hurt like hell. But it was triangular shaped. I was like, okay, what's what's pretty badass that I can put in there? Oh, okay, let's do the all-seeing eye. That's that's kinda that's kinda spooky. Fuck. 
So what are you gonna now, do? now every uh, now mean? every boomer on the internet that 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 uh, that read their first their first piece of occult a, a literature um, two months before is going to be like, oh, I've seen this before. I'm a symbologist. Yeah, we're not a Illuminati. But we, you have to see. This is so hilarious how they put it uh, together. I love George Washington too much. Oh, real quick, bro. Uh, I have uh, I, yes. I, I have PlayStation messages from you still saved. Of you, I was actually looking at it last night because I couldn't sleep. That's, I was I hacked. Went out, I was probably hacked. Wasn't hacked. There you are, Omnius four twenty, and you're telling, you're talking to me about Father Lenin and all this stuff. Hacked. Yeah. Hacked. I'm making chance. Yo, real quick, last night on uh, Jeopardy, the the final uh, Jeopardy question, the answer was Aurora, bro. What was it about the the yeah, Roman uh, goddess or the? Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because a couple weeks before that, they she was an answer again, but the question was framed a little different. Yeah, if I go on Jeopardy, I, I could win, bro. I know their their tactics, especially if you go in and as a I've woman. I studied James, what's his name, James Hausauer, whatever his name is. I study his tactics, bro. I can win at least three or four. Three or four in a row. Yeah, we can do a Jeopardy on air. I would definitely do that. Yo, can somebody help us put the... Abe, please write this down, Abe. We've got to do a night, a, a Jeopardy night on this show. We have to figure out how to do it. There's What What are there on, on, on Jeopardy? Three or four contestants at a time? Three. I mean, Easy. I'm sure there's like... Yeah, we can probably hook that TV up yeah. to it. And, Easy. And have like some type of buzzers. See, but the thing with you is you cheat to win. I just win. I don't do. I don't cheat. You'd yeah. probably rig the buzzers you or see, something. But it's thing. all right. No, I would how how would I rig? <laughs> I would rig the buzzers. I, I would do it. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's just what it is. He, you, you, just like, ladies and gentlemen, he tells me that I cheat at Monopoly because I offer deals that people want to take, and I accrue the, all the properties that I want. I offer good deals. I get I, 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 I get cash. I give no, people good rates. He deals with Mike until Mike's like, all right, I'll give you these twelve properties for twenty dollars. If Mike's if Mike is a sucker for my <laughs> offerings, if he's a sucker for my offerings, is that me cheating? It's not me cheating. Okay, well here is uh, here's a here's a story of failure that I think we're all just gonna love. Here's a thread from Oliver Darcy. As you all know, Oliver Darcy is a uh, he. He works for C. I think CNN. Yeah, I've and heard he's, of him. He's a giant tool. Yeah, he has he has dead eyes. See, there's his dead eyes. Like, watch this for for example. Um, all right, here is. I'm gonna cover up his his face now. Imagine. Imagine you were like r digging through the rubble, of a building that had collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you come upon, you know, you pull away one of the rocks, and all of a sudden you see this. Is that man alive or dead? He does look like he's dead. He's dead. I wonder look, if he's related to Marcy look, Darcy. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. He's dead eyes. He's a, he's just dead. Yeah, he look. looks like he died with honor, at least. He, he has a little bit of a smirk. A little bit of a smirk there. That was funny. And that, but if you take away the mouth and you just look at the eyes, he's just dead. He's a ventriloquist dummy. So, isn't he the guy Alex Jones confronted? What do you mean? Uh, he caught him in a hallway and started like asking him questions or something. No. No, that was that was he did that to Ch Chunk. 
Chunk Uger, right? Okay, well, anyhow, well, I'm moving on from that. Okay, well, anyway, it was it was Darcy, Oliver Darcy, that put together this this thread here about how CNN Plus has completely d been destroyed in a little, a little while. Yeah, let's, it's surprising. Let's People read this. just want to be lied to for free. They don't want to pay for it. Here you go. CNN Plus, the streaming service that the, new, that the news organization hyped as the most significant initiative in the network's history since it went on air in 1980, will shut down on April 30th, just over one month after it's launched. Uh, CNN <laughs> Digital Chief Andrew Morse will also be leaving the company after transition period. Uh, earlier in the day, incoming CNN boss Chris Licht uh, said, uh, held a meeting with Morse and his top lieutenants. Uh, per Warner Brothers Discovery, CNN Plus customers will receive prorated refunds of subscription fees. Incoming CNN boss described the state of affairs as uniquely, uniquely shitty situation in a town hall with employees. In a note to employees, Andrew Morse wrote, as the company enters an exciting period of change, it's clear that the vision that the new leadership has for the future is different than the one we've had. That's okay, that's part of change. No, it's part of failure. One CNN Plus staffer, listen to this, described the sentiment, uh, where is it? Uh, this, uh, one CNN staffer described the sentiment, sentiment as to total and utter shock that morphed into despair, quote, at first, people were really freaking out, and then toward the end of the meeting, it just turned to sadness. Every team was just huddling with each other. <laughs> Every team member was just huddling with each other, they say. And it's uh, it's just so incredible. Well, I'm happy for them. <laughs> I'm very happy for them. Can't take it that anymore. That sucks. They wasted all that money that they're going to need to pay, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Kenosha Kid. I, I I saw a few people making really great point about how, you know, he's reporting on how they're so completely shocked at what's going on there. And a few people had made the point, I don't remember who they are, it's just, you know, tweets and, and, and published thoughts passing by in a blur every day. Someone said that these are the people who, um, who put themselves in a position where they pretend to have all the answers about the war, everything that we need to know about world events has been completely vetted by them, understood by them in a way that nobody else can. And meanwhile, they don't, they're not even aware of how unpopular they are, that nobody wants what they have, that they are, they are, Millions. A, yeah, a, a, just a dying organization of fucking losers. So that's something. I also want to just say, uh, for those of you out there, it has been concerned, uh, confirmed Gonzalo Lira is is alive. Oh yeah, I, uh, what I heard about that. It's uh, Captain Red Pill guy. Yeah, uh, we we had re reference to him a few times uh, with his his analysis of how things were going out there in Ukraine. He's still behind Ukrainian lines, and so I, I have to get. There's a four minute video with the Duran. That he talks about what's going on now. He couldn't say too much, but he's he's still in Kharkov. That's what he says. And um, and I I don't know what uh, is attributing to his safety, but obviously it's it's good news. It's very good news to hear. We'll get into that a little bit later if we have some time as well. I'll keep that tab open. Let's start this show off, shall we? We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. 
You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Shake your hand. Hit that job, Jack. Yes. You know, Matt. Yes. I know. Uh, what did you do for 420? Anything? Um, no. I, uh, same thing I do every day. Have oh. a terrible day at work. and. <laughs> you, you know what else 420 is, right? Um, I don't want to say. It's Al's birthday. Big Al. <laughs> you can't even say his name. Adolf Hitler's birthday. Yeah. Very, very controversial birthday. Yeah, very controversial individual. Yes, I know. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that uh, when Anthony got trolled by one of his... <laughs> <laughs> when Anthony got trolled by one of his Patreon subscribers. Oh, man. What if it was the real him? It though? could have been him, it you know, from Argentina. They, they perfected, you know, gene, you know, whatever the fuck it's called. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, one night we have to talk about it with my brother uh, in the room. But um, so a Anthony, at the end of his 10 second songs videos, and this, <laughs> uh, he, he did like, I think this was Careless Whisper in 20 style. No, tw Careless, <laughs> Careless Whisper <laughs> in, in the style of, of Disturbed. Okay, and at the end of his his ten second song videos, he would have, and I think he still does, a patron scroll of all the names, and um, and someone must have signed up. This was about two years ago. Now, two or three years ago, maybe more. Someone must have signed up for a dollar or something like that on his Patreon, and and then like sneakily changed their display name to Adolf Hitler. So. It made the final product. He uploaded it to YouTube. I have a screenshot, but I won't put it up. I'll put it up with Anthony if he's here one night. I'll put the screenshot up. It's one of my favorite images of all time. I keep it on my phone because whenever I'm, I'm down, I can look at it. And it's just funny because you just see Anthony. And Anthony, it, there's Anthony just standing there being all professional and polite. And suddenly you see scrolling by him, scrolling right past his face is Adolf Hitler as one of his sponsors. <laughs> So, so, so it, it kept, and it keeps getting worse. This story, because of course it's it's careless whisper in the in the style of disturbed. So if 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 David Draymond of 
Disturbed had seen Hitler creep across the screen, it would have been bad. Why? What is he? Oh, he's Jewish. Okay. You know, and all of a sudden, this is sponsored by <laughs> Hitler. So someone in the comments early on in the upload told Anthony, hey, listen, uh, someone trolled you there. There's a Adolf Hitler is in your, is in your credits. And um, so now Anthony is furiously, he's, he's scrambling to get this video re-edited and re-uploaded. And it gets even funnier because Anthony's editor at the time was this Jewish guy. And Anthony asked him, uh, you, did you not notice Hitler in the credits? <laughs> and the kid goes, no, nah, man, I'm sorry. It slipped right by, it slipped right by me. Did you not notice Hitler? So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Did you not oh my God! Hitler? Oh, jeez, Louise! It's just one of those things, man. Ugh, I just, I love, I, I, I love these stories. I think, I think it's just so funny. This, uh, this wily, uh, he's he, Hitler's become like a a twenty first century prankster now. Yeah, he just shows up in places unwanted, and he <laughs> he makes problems for people that don't expect it. Oh, God. Well, what are we going to do? Uh, let's, you know what, we have about three or four minutes until I'm going to call up Akira the Don, and we're going to have some fun with him and just talk about his music and talk about the world and all that stuff. Uh, got a lot in common. This should be a fun, fun thing to do on a Friday. But, you know, Matt, we, we usually do some Babylon Bee articles when we're here. Indeed we do. So let's go to Friday Babylon Bee headlines, and let's start with this. Um, First one up, Babylon B stands in solidarity with its fellow canceled satire site, CNN Plus. <laughs> That's true. That's a great one. Okay, let's see here. Headline, child of leftist hill. Matt is in the... Holy shit, I got to get him out of the way there. Put him somewhere. There you go. Child of leftist parents, tired of all the crying. <laughs> Wait till a couple years. I know. Here's another one. Oh. No, my source of power, cries disintegrating Fauci as mask mandates are lifted. There you have it. Let's see. Here's a report. A report. Social media platforms to allow questioning election integrity after Republicans win everything in November. Just wait for it. That's You've got to save that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is pretty much just looking into a crystal ball at this point. <coughs> Here's a headline, Execute Order 66, says Ron DeSantis, ordering the execution of all Disney mascots. <laughs> that's how, they're, that, that's how they're, they're treating this. He says, Order, ex, uh, 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 order 66, man, that is a, uh, that's a big one. A big one. Flight attendants thankful as they can now identify problem customers <laughs> more quickly. Big time. Here's a here's the last one we will do for tonight. Study finds no one ever actually liked you too. It's just that everyone thought everyone else did, and no one wanted to speak up and make it awkward. <laughs> yeah, them and uh, Bruce Springsteen. You know, I liked I liked that single that they did for the Batman video. Uh, Kiss. No, that was no, Seal. That was oh, Seal. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that love, was a good song. Love me, kiss me, kill me, whatever. I know what song. Yeah, that was love a good song. Me, da, 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 da. And then they have that other song I like, uh, where that dude all the way on the right was singing in it, actually, in the video. Don't? I think it's called Don't. I'd have to listen to it. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like they're just, like, spackled in the background of our lives because they've just been 
forced there. Here's a headline. We'll do one more. Biden administration looks to re-implement mask mandates in a bid to drive approval ratings even lower. <laughs> even lower. <laughs> they're, they're reporting uh, they're reporting 33% approval ratings, which means that it's probably 16% now. It's probably way lower than that. Holy hell. There's just nowhere to go. All right. Well, uh, let's talk to our let's talk to our 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 guest of the evening, our guest of honor, Akira the Don. He's an independent musician with a very healthy following, very healthy following indeed. And combined his passion, his passion for pursuing greater truths and life affirming adventure in life with the burgeoning, still burgeoning electronic music scene out there. When I say still burgeoning, because it's been around for a long time, but it's becoming more and more decentralized, which means it's becoming a lot more experimental and uh, there's just great, there is great music being made out there right now. There really is. You just got to know where you're looking. You can't turn on the radio for it. That's for damn sure. But he created what he now calls Meaning Wave. You remember Trump Wave? Yeah. Well, we got Meaning Wave here. Hey, Akira, you there? <laughs> yeah. How you, how you been, man? Yeah, I've been, I've been wonderful. Uh, I've been wonderful. It's a beautiful day to be alive. Uh, is that mic sounding okay? Everything sounds fantastic. You look great. Everything sounds oh, great. Oh, what a nice thing to say. Uh, I was saying the same thing to someone else the other day. It's the same with the music thing. Uh, people are like, oh, where's all the good? Like, there's no good TV or there's no good talk shows anymore. And you're like, well, the rye. You just have to know where to look. You have to know, go to Frank Quitely TV. Quite yeah. frankly, TV. Frank no Quitely works too. Frank Quitely. Because Frank Quitely is one of my favorite artists. And I always get you two's names confused in, in my brain when I'm explaining you to people. Well, it's all right. It's all right because I, I know you watch the show, which was, what, mm. which, which was a really thrilling thing for me to find out because, um, you know, we were, as I said, your, your music has been a regular addition to the, the nightly quite frankly, TV lineups on the weekends and all that stuff, as I said before, with all proper credits, of course. But to, it's, uh, it's just so awesome to have you on now and have, have there be a lot, so much more to talk about. Well, it's an honor, and there's always a great deal to talk about. Oftentimes, I'd be listening to you on my way to CrossFit. Uh, I, my CrossFit class is a Siete. My my uh, Mexican CrossFit class, and I listened to you on the way there. That's right. You, and you were, yeah. you were telling me that you are actually uh, in exile, in, or, or in in a holding pattern in Mexico, waiting for your visas to be renewed to get back into the U.S. No, well, I think I'm going to stay here now. It's really cool. It's Joe oh, Cheeto. Cheeto is what they say here. So yeah, I did I did exit. I was living in Texas. It was very nice. I still got a place in Texas, uh, but I've been out here while the. Uh, American government does weird shit. Oh, it's a lot of good. people don't realize that, that America is currently like a weird sort of like island that you're not allowed into if you don't have uh, correct uh, like medical um, subjugation paperwork. Oh, oh, yeah, you know? oh, I have to imagine that's getting worse and worse now. But you know, here's the other thing. Being in Mexico, if I think about this, and I have been for a while, it must be interesting to actually live right there in Mexico and see the hundreds of thousands of people over the course of a month or so, hundreds of thousands, of, millions of people over the course of a year, just walk right by you and into New York, into uh, into the U.S. It's like uh, we're becoming we're becoming so crowded over here, and you guys are kind of like I don't know, releasing some steam in the pipes. I'm on the I'm on the other side, like I'm on, on Yucatan way, 
which is just like very very beautiful and civilized and everyone's really fucking nice and it's like a really wonderful quality of life i don't i'm not in the bit where there can't be any people anymore because they all left yeah i don't know who replaced those people i guess the people replacing those people are people fleeing california that can't fit in texas and florida i don't know well i was going to say if you're if you're close enough to the mexican border in california what's really the difference yeah, exactly. I lived in uh, Los Angeles for like seven years, and that's that's pretty much Mexico. Like living in Mexico, you're like, oh, this explains Los Angeles. Like lots of Los Angeles, it's like exactly the same as these areas downtown. I used to hang out and all that type of vibe. The weather is pretty much the same. People speak the same language. <laughs> well, you know what? We're we're coming up on a really interesting time of. Uh, of reckoning and you're going to have a uh, i would say a, a unique vantage point so yeah. uh for for a westerner a pretty unique vantage point because you're just like knocking on the door of the u.s but not quite there so you're not subject to their laws but i've been watching a lot of breaking bad too so i i would <laughs> so I've, it's just like one of those things where I, i've got all these warped views of the south by southwest and mexico right now but let's yeah. talk let's talk a little bit more about what you do and our commonalities here because i know you watch the show and i uh, just had kathy o'brien on last night and i know yeah. from, from our talks that you and i had off air you've been following her for a long time what was that like for you seeing her in last night's show yeah well she looks different from last time i saw her because i guess last time i saw her was like 20 years ago right mm. uh, and it's this weird it's this weird thing like how the internet and culture goes in these waves and it goes in and out and i predict I, you know i pay attention to this stuff and i've been predicting this thing you can see the culture moves in these seven year cycles from kind of psychedelic to punk is one way of thinking about it. But if you look at conspiracy world, which is people talk about politics being downstream from culture, uh, and all of that is downstream from conspiracy world. You know what I mean? Because that's where the real shit goes down. And like 2012, conspiracy world was like peak sci-fi, and it was everyone was talking about a staged alien invasion at the Olympic Games and giants and all this shit. And then almost overnight. As we moved into 2013, it just crashed into just feminism and Islam and things of that nature. And we had seven years of very sort of like earthly conspiratorial <clears throat> pursuits, mm. and quite sort of dark and grim. And I was, I knew that in 2021, we would move back into sci-fi land and certain characters would return and certain people would return. And Kathy was one of the people I expected to see. And, and it was funny that she appeared on your show the day before I spoke to you. So that is so. What, what is it? What do, what do you think it is about the? You said around 2021, you can see us returning to almost like a sci-fi conspiracy wave coming back in. Rather well, than looking down, people start looking up in those times again. So we start looking at, out to the stars again. We start looking into the strange places. The 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 more esoteric stuff starts coming back in. Hmm. People start remembering things that they somehow forgot for seven years. And it, it was like 2012, I was in Vegas with Grant Morrison and Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance uh, uh, doing this festival. And we were talking about Kathy because uh, she was part of the inspiration for a character in one of Grant Morrison's comic books, mm -hmm. uh, which was Crazy Jane, I believe it was. I think that was it. Um, and that was, that was the fabric of the conversations and that was the kind of the world. And then it went, as we said, as, as we just said, the way, where it did, but these things go in very predictable patterns, and now we're back again. It's true, and uh, it's just like in many, many ways, it's just like the very early days of the internet. 
right now. And in the whole crypto sort of world, it very much is. You know, it's like uh, when people had websites that were kind of like waterfall gifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole, the whole vibe. Absolutely. And, uh, wagging the moon doggy and all that shit. When it was fucking wild westy and exciting and you never know what you were going to find and clicking on a website was like an exciting thing because you didn't know what you were going to get. You didn't know what you were going to learn. You, you didn't know what like a rabbit hole you were going to fall down. And we're back in that world, except this time, it's much, much bigger. There's way more of us on here. There's guides and what have you. It's like I think about it every time we swing back and forward, it's like a wrecking ball. And each time it hits, it hits harder with greater ferocity and creates way more reverberations, which, which, which stay. You know, the culture stays touched by that experience and that vibe. So the, this time around, it's going to be way, way, way more consequential and way more people are going to be affected. And just like Kathy was saying, uh, way more people are aware now. And it's one of these situations where once you have seen something, you cannot unsee it. And a lot of what happened with their weird, uh, their lockdown thing, which seemed somewhat premature, you know, uh, what that meant was that you had a lot of aunties indoors going around on the internet finding out shit that they otherwise would not have. You know what I mean? And the kind of realms of information that were once privy to the weirdo likes of us and now, you know, your aunties in there. Well, let me ask you this because I, what you're talking about there describing the, the nature of the, the, the early internet is really something that had, we've touched on this, on this show a, a lot there too. And it went hand in hand with a, an episode we did on a theory that has gotten around. It's called the dead internet theory. I'm sure you heard about it. Where pretty much we're, we're in this place where we, nobody knows where all the real people went, where everything happened. There is such a large portion of dead distracting, obfuscating uh, uh, information, bots, non-human entities, uh -huh. a lot of artificial intelligence. But at the same time, as you said, there is, there is an awakening happening. Um, Kathy was talking about it a lot last night, especially in that whole, that mindset of bringing the light of humanity and that zest for life back to the fore and replacing it with the nihilism and the darkness and searching for meaning where we have deliberately have had, you know, been blockaded by sterile culture, et cetera, et cetera. So when I think about that and I think about where the internet started out and where it is right now, but at the same time, despite the deadening of the internet and the burnout that people are feeling, there is a, this rising in curiosity there's this rise in in real uh, emotion and people want to know what the hell's going on do you think that that is going to actually bring in a new age where yeah we're, we're, we're coming back up on the other t other side of that pendulum but people are being pushed back out into the real world uh, to, to actually walk away from the keyboard a little bit and smell the roses you think that that might be a, a part of the equation this time around <laughs> I, love, I love your your ways of uh, going through these thought processes. And uh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but also this time around, there's also the creation of these other spaces, which were the spaces that Jared Lanier and Tennis, Terrence McKenna talked about, uh, which are the spaces that uh, s the, the current ideas of the metaverse kind of hint at. Mm. But they're going to be real and we're going to go there very quick. And it's essentially kind of what we had with message boards in the early days of the Internet, except this time you can see each other and you can kind of hang out and you can have much more uh, deeper and instant conversations 
with instant feedback rather than the old message board way if you, you type your big story and you leave it there and then you keep checking back and eventually someone's responded with their story type thing. Uh, so there's going to be that as well. So you, it's, it's, you're going to have uh, communities and clubs and groups of like-minded people finding each other in the so-called real world and in the so-called digital world in, uh, in hitherto unimaginable ways. Think about this, right? When we were ki little kids, like, if you were, if you were odd, if you liked, uh, you know, sort of music that other people didn't like or you had thoughts that other people didn't have or what have you, you just thought you were alone. And you thought maybe you were a bit strange and you are a bit weird. And, and uh, it would be difficult for you to have consequence. And a lot of people would be through the fear of being alone and thought of as odd, would quash those instincts, right? Uh, and then as the internet developed, people were able to go, oh shit, there's other people like me over there in that place. Maybe I don't have to be alone. And they start coming together a bit and talking a bit. And as we move into this next phase, they'll be able to collaborate way, way more, with way more depth and consequence and, uh, and truth mm. and genuine connection. And the consequences of that uh, are quite difficult for us to even imagine. Because the consequences, if you, if you think about like the potential of that and what that could do to the world and that could do to society, and then, then if you think about that in terms of children who grew up only knowing those kind of worlds and grew up with, kind of, with Minecraft and Roblox and things of that nature, uh, being able to exist and communicate and be very, very honest as we get through this current period where they're trying to fucking just shut everyone up through sort of shaming people and scaring people and all that, there's another, we're, we're going to get to the other side of that, you know? Yeah, well, and, uh, well tell me about, well, especially if, as far as your experience and your expertise. I, uh, in another thing that you had told me in, in some of our off off air uh, chats and whatever is that musically, man, of course, this is all very cultural because the entertainment industry is working hand in glove with every other gigantic organization, seen and unseen, to kind of herd us like cattle in this uh, gigantic animal farm that that we're in. And you said that you you actually spent a lot of time in that that uh, that entertainment complex, that military entertainment complex. Uh, what, what what can you what, how can you describe the way that you are working right now to fulfill your your purpose? Because we know that you, you look at the big picture. So how do you uh, how do you compare your time in the beginning, trying to make it through the industry as established, to where we are right now and uh, and trying to make something a little bit more lasting for ourselves as a as a new free humanity legacy. Well, this is like what you're doing. This is what you're doing, right? So it's in every aspect of the culture, you are now able to exist uh, to, to find, create a tribe, an audience outside of the, the military, entertainment, industrial complex thing that once was. I often talk about this thing. Uh, there's a British R&B artist called Terence Trent Darby, and uh, he came in it he was nearly very big he was like this new chosen one and uh he claims that michael jackson and prince basically ganged up to blackball him and kick him out of the industry because at that point in time there were only 12 issues of rolling stone a year and thus only two of those covers could go to black people so there was no room for terence trent darby so he was squeezed out of the industry 
that doesn't exist anymore. There's now infinite space for everybody. Uh, and you're actually much better off not engaging with that industry, that, with that thing. It's a shortcut to get you to a certain point if you just want fame or if, uh, if you're lazy. But as people are discovering every day through every, like this, this Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, all that's really doing is kind of alerting regular humans to just how seedy and gross and cringe and, and lame and sad Hollywood is. Oh, absolutely. And I, I how skeevy and yeah. sad, you know. I, and I haven't watched any of that to be honest, but I did see last night I was on I was on uh, I went on YouTube for something and a 25 or 30 second clip of some I don't know these sh these looks that they're looking. I can tell you in a 25 second clip the only thing I know about this entire thing how hate-filled and empty <laughs> these people are oh especially especially her um i she i don't know anything about the situation but i know that he's i know he's probably not the biggest evil in this situation she had satan burning in her eyes it was in, it was incredible what i saw in 25 seconds out of this whole ordeal well what's funny there's lots of interesting aspects of that whole thing but part of what they were doing there was that everyone in, in that system is sacrificial and you kind of realize that when you get in there and that's part of the deal you make when you enter that world. Uh, and people are, are happy to do it because it's like, oh, you know, I don't mind being sacrificed later if I get a big pile of cocaine and, and a thumb up my ass today. Uh, and what, what they were doing with him and her was sacrificing the traditional Hollywood ideal of masculinity and symbolically replacing it with the new idea. And the new idea is, is their idea of femininity, which is a weird which is weird cosplay of masculinity. So Amber Heard is representative of that, this new thing they're trying to put in, and that's what they're doing with all the Disney, Star Wars, and all these other movies. And they're replacing all the traditional masculine ideals and archetypes with sort of female versions of them acting like dudes. Mm -hmm. Like this weird idea of dudes. So she is that as the actress. Oh no, your battery's been exhausted. Oh, that's weird, hang on. Uh, she is that as actress, and he is old Hollywood, being sacrificed. But the thing is, it didn't work, and it's not working. She's completely hated. Nobody likes her. It doesn't resonate. They even do all this weird shit. They're like, okay, she's going to be our new idea of what a mother is, and she has a child uh, via, what you call it, when you get someone else to do the whole having a kid for it's you? <laughs> surrogate. Yo! Yo! Anyway, yeah, so she does that. Is this fucking camera going again? It, uh, it just blinked out of existence. Anyway, oh, oh there you go. So then, when, um, when did you when did you get when did you go uh, officially independent? Because I don't want to talk about what you're doing with the meaning wave um, genre that that you really have thrown yourself into. But when when did you get away from that that big gigantic corporate machinery and just double down on the independent space? Well. I'll replace the battery while I'm talking to you here because, you know, that's you got it. what we can do. Uh, I learned pretty... I worked it out pretty early. I made an album for Interscope Records. They uh, they were telling me I was going to do to rap what the Beatles did to rock and roll and all this type of business. And, da -da 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 -da. and, it was, and I made them an album. And uh, it, they wanted me to change the lyrics. Uh, I had a song on there called Thanks for All the AIDS. I had a song on there called Bankers about the um, financial system. Uh, I had a song on there that predicted the uh, economic 
Crash, the housing crash. Um, I had songs on there talking about Boys Town and all that type of shit. Oh, damn. You know? So I don't know what, why I thought that was ever going to fly. But anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, they said, you know, you need to change the lyrics. And I said, no, that's not going to work. They had Buster Rhymes on the label. He'd recorded three albums for them that they'd rejected. I was like, well, you know, what am I, what's going to happen to me? So I, I just left at that point. I'd had uh, one of my songs in that my super ex-girlfriend movie. And uh, I took the money from that and bought my album back and bounced and went independent and have been ever independent ever since. So th these, th these tracks, these tracks where you, you went to your beat, so you're, in Inter you're at Interscope Records here. And um, that, that's, what is that? that's, that's Jimmy Iovine? Yes, so it's Jimmy Iovine. So specifically, it was him who signed me. So then you, so you're here at Interscope. This is a, a major deal. Jimmy Iovine is a, a very, very heavy hitter, especially probably back when when this was even even bigger. But so you're you're coming out then with with songs about the financial system and a, yeah. and coming collapses. You even touched on human trafficking and Boys Town and all that stuff. And and they just said absolutely not. What, what did you do with that music afterwards? Has that been released independently? Can we hear that? Yeah, that was released. Uh, a lot of that was on my first album, which was called When We Were Young, which you can listen to that came out independently. I just remembered earlier at the launch party, uh, we screened, we had an Alex Jones movie screening, which he sent us and signed for us and did a little message. <laughs> which one? I can't remember. It was whichever one came out in 2005, because that's when we had that party. That and, this was a, and we had this big party in London, and it was like lots of posh sort of, you know, scenester-type people were there. It's a different, such a different time, because then you could do something like that, and you wouldn't be ostracized. People would think you're a bit kooky, and they're like, oh, that he carried it on with his crazy conspiracy things. But they wouldn't just outright go, you must be a Nazi! And, like, try and have you burnt alive or something, you know? No, I, I know. I know, and, and that's why I was saying, it's where we are right now. Um, uh, l last night, again, since we have this, uh, this, this common focal point of uh, Kathy O'Brien, and we, such a large part of our time last night was talking about that, that message uh, or that way to rekindle this zest for life, independent of this, this monstrous this, this monstrosity, and naming the, namely how the pen is mightier than the sword. So yeah, yeah, yeah. describing how that concept, I love to describe to uh, talk about how that concept manifests in your work. I think that we've been doing that a little bit already. But meaning wave in particular, in particular, meaning wave, uh, a runoff of uh, a, pretty much a play on synth wave. There's dark wave, chill wave. So we love the wave music over here. You you describe it as this: a musical psych uh, a psychotechnology developed by Akira the Don with the aim of helping listeners to achieve their potential in this lifetime. And you have um, the the real crux of the genre, from what I can see, is taking these really chill electronic uh, sounds and marrying them with people like uh, you know Alan Watts, who's a big we're big fans of him over here. Jordan Peterson, even Rudyard Kipling. Charlie Chaplin, uh, I, uh, Graham Hancock, I saw a few of those videos. And like I said, many of them have been on the network. So this is, uh, I love the, uh, the idea of this right here. Talk a little bit about the, about the technology. Well, is, this is, I mean, you were talking about this yesterday, uh, this mass brainwashing thing that's going on. The, to our culture, to our society, to our people. Sam Hyde made a point recently. Uh, you know, it's it's 
it's trendy to hate on boomers, but it's worth bearing in mind that boomers were the most brainwashed generation of all time. They were the ones who got the TV, and it sat there and it whispered sweet nothings to them, and it told them they were the most important thing in the world, and it tried to sell them things all day, and it just fucking, you know, just tickled their buttholes all day long. This TV, this TV. That generation was brainwashed within an inch of its life by, by the television, you know? And uh, I don't know if anything that maybe TikTok is that powerful, who knows? Mm. Who, who knows if something that powerful could happen to a generation again, right? But the point being is you're being brainwashed, right? You're being brainwashed. Carl Jung had that thing about, you know, the world will ask you who you are, and if you don't know, it will tell you. You know, the devil will find words for idle hands to do, all that. You're gonna be brainwashed, so you better br wash your own brain. You know, and I discovered very, very early in my life that combining things you want to know with music will help you know those things and help you imbue those things. I used to read my, I left school when I was 16, but the last exams I did, I just read my notes over ambient music and played it when I went to sleep. And it works. I was like, oh shit, this mm. works, you know? And uh, so over time I basically developed I realized that if I wanted to learn things, I should turn those things into music and it would become sticky and it would, and it would speak to my subconscious. But I, I mentioned Grant Morrison earlier, who's a comic book writer and chaos magician. And, and it, he ex explains to me how the point of, of how chaos magic works and how sigil magic works and what people are really doing with advertising and all of these, and all of these things is to do with communicating to the subconscious that which you wish to become real and allowing the subconscious, which does most of the work in your life, to to do what it needs to do to make those things happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's lots of people talk about this in lots of different ways. But what I realized I could do with, with my music was teach myself what I wanted to know, influence myself to become what I wanted to become, uh, you know, hypnotize myself into becoming what I wanted to be, or brainwash myself into, into whatever it was. Like, uh, and it worked. You know, and, and it works for many, many other people too. And uh, so what I'm doing is is, is imbuing as much of the collective wisdom of the ages in as useful a fashion as I can within music so that it can be better uh, imbued into people's lives in that kind of matrix, I know kung fu type, type fashion. It, it works. No, no, it, it makes perfect sense, and it's and it's so simplistic in the approach, but um, and I think that that's why it, it's so in its uncomplicated approach. It, it makes the perfect sense naturally. I was talking with a musician not too long ago who had. Uh, you know, had had a little bit of a crisis of of you know what am I doing and 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 why do I even want to do this anymore? And I said, well, here it, it's very easy to 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 uh, to settle on uh, on that music frequency. Now we can talk about law of attraction all day and how uh, attaching attaching intention to a uh, a magnetic charge that is this 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 emotion this desire this yearning especially if the desire is pure to be able to attach frequency to a will to a to intention it's very very powerful in manifesting all types of things even especially in making like you just said information sticky to keep things in your mind, to, to actually uh, attach it to your soul. It's very, uh, it's, it's, in, it's important stuff. And I told him, I said, well, listen, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if you are a, a classically trained musician or if you are just somebody who are, works in a stone quarry all day. 
music is something that attaches itself to everyone because it is frequency. We are pretty much living, breathing, tuning forks, and it's the job of the musician, like the alchemist, to go into their laboratory and create that atmosphere that you know is going to set off some kind of a chime in another person. And that is it's just fucking magic. It's 100% magic. And um, and I think that uh, I think that the the idea of of like, it's almost like the messages in the water to put this inside. It, there's a reason why people have gone throughout the throughout the uh, the contemporary years of of making and distributing music and changing a, around frequencies to a way where it's not so vibrationally beneficial to us and all and in so, in some ways causes discord instead. A lot mm. of you know it's very it's very 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 bad stuff. It's been done subliminally through music. So for you to just take that. Tech technology and to turn it around i understand why you call meaning wave musical psychotechnology i got that from john viveki uh that word and that basically described yeah what what we what i was doing what we what we were doing and none of it's new i mean this is before the printing press people walked around and kept whole novels books poems like epic poems in their mind right and those that was done via rhythm and music was how they were able to remember so much stuff. Bar like, songs. Yeah, exactly. Bar songs, sea shanties, uh, the Iliad, all of that. You know, the uh, all of the all of those songs you would sing in church, all of that worship music, all of all of that. You know, uh, what's happened is with contemporary pop music is that it only discusses the experience of the teenager, and. Uh, and an increasingly sort of tragic and depraved uh, aspect of the experience of the teenager at that. You know, it's just this very, very narrow area of, of potential, of discourse, of thought, of feeling. And uh, it's that that people get hammered around the head. And it's very weird, to, you know, it's like sort of like people in their 30s and 40s listening to songs about, uh, you know, the teenage experience almost exclusively. And repeating these little things like little mantras without even realizing what they're doing and burning them into their very being. Hmm. In the same way that people used to go to church and they would sing these songs and they would burn these, these blessed uh, worship mantras, these things to connect themselves with, with God and uh, with their fellow man. And that, those would be the things they would burn into their souls. And uh, that's been replaced <laughs> with, with something else. And that's weird. And it's also weird that people don't think about it that much. And it's weird that people don't talk about it that much. But anyway, that's what, that's what I'm doing. Well, I don't, I, I, I'll tell you, I don't think, I know you say that it's weird, but there, there, is, there is where I derive the most hope from that situation is that like with most things where we, we talk about who's watching CNN these days, uh, who's watching Netflix these days. It's Even just... Airports? It, it, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Nano, nanotechnology, that's it. Yeah, it's ro exactly. Yeah. It's ro yeah. Robots <laughs> watching robots. But, but, but you know, as we, as we said when we started off this discussion here, there's such great music being made, you have to know where to, where to go out and find it. And there are pockets of the internet, whether it be Spotify, even YouTube, I'm sure you've seen it, where you have these little micro genres of music where somebody will take old, old stuff and they will put it through filters as it's coming from another room. So you can listen to, um, you can listen to oldies 
coming from sounding like it's coming from another room in the middle of a rainstorm and there's a party going on downstairs and it, it puts people into these nostalgic zones where they they start thinking about their life they start going into different places the soundscapes that are made this nostalgia wave if you will there i remember one of my favorite um things to listen to of the last five years was this version of john denver's uh country roads and it is it's it's been filtered in a way where it sounds like it's being played from a neighbor's back porch in the middle of the summer and you can hear the bug zapper just just kind of buzzing in the background and it sounds <laughs> i've never lived i've never been to west virginia in my life akira but it, ma- it makes me sound like I've been to this place I never was before. And you were just saying, in seeking that the teenage experience, how so much pop music really just dives into these tragic teenage experiences and whatever, another thing that the internet has been really beautiful in doing, if you know where you're looking, is the comment sections on songs. If you want to have your heart wrung out like a wet dish rag, you gotta spend some time reading the comment sections for older songs, older love songs, holiday music especially, people memorializing their lost loved ones, people who had just died, they're going back through the decades to remember simpler times. It is unbelievable the, the opportunities we really do have for human growth and connection. And uh, if we weren't always just following the bouncing ball. So it's, it's, it's truly incredible. Well, that's what's beautiful about this moment, is that increasingly people aren't following the bouncing ball and thus missing the dancing bear. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that thing. But um, that's what's wonderful now, is increasingly people aren't. People are tuning out. Increasingly people, the tricks aren't working anymore. Mm. Increasingly people are becoming impervious to the, the dark magic and uh, are seeking meaning and connection and truth in other places and they're finding it because it exists that's the cool thing as you just said you can go find it there's bots aplenty if you're looking at the replies to uh, a Kamala thing whatever her name is Joker face plastic surgery <laughs> Kamala uh, Harris yeah that creature uh, if you're in the replies of that you'll see a lot of software you know, you won't find much human connection, but if you go find the video of John Denver in the rain being played from a hut next to a farm in, uh, you know, in Kentucky or whatever, you'll find some human beings. Yes. And you'll recognize them because they're so obviously human beings. It jumps out of the, it connects across space and time. It makes you, it reminds you that the brain, it's not the brain that generates consciousness. The brain is an antenna for consciousness and we're a lot closer than we realize. And those things make us realize that. And we feel that. And it's tangible. And you get little, you know, your hair stand up. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And that we can do that now. And that those things are increasing at a time when the so-called powers, the so-called B, are supposedly so all-fucking-powerful and have got things so sewn up. When the exact opposite seems to be the case, it's just a beautiful thing. It is. Well, what about impacts of your music? Because... Uh, I mean, you've been at this for a long time. You've got a lot of um, experience around the world, in and out of the of the industry. You, you're focused on things that uh, are just they they resonate. Um, what's the impacts that you have felt from your music coming from your audience? So, so I was just talking about the comment sections of, of people having their their uh, their memories and their emotions triggered in in really wonderful rekindling ways. W- what kind of uh, what kind of um, responses have you gotten from the audience 
that have been in uh, to, to reflect the kind of impacts that you leave on their lives? Because I know that that is the most driving part of work like this is when you when you hear from someone who's who's gotten a uh, a lot of value from the work that you put together. Yeah, um, a day does not go by when I don't have uh, a huge number of, of incredibly beautiful, humbling, uh, heartbreaking messages just on a daily basis at this point. Um, someone wrote to me last week, I just, because I have so much, much of this, uh, what did they say? I wasn't, someone called Brian Scott and they left a message They said I wasn't suicidal but I was in a very dark place when I discovered Meaning Wave in April of 2020. Meaning Wave helped inject meaning back into my life and today I can't even recognize who I was two years ago. I've gained 30 pounds of muscle, I have a new home, new job, great relationships with those I care for. I credit Meaning Wave as the catalyst that set those changes in motion. Uh, thank you Akira, I'm forever grateful. That was in response to someone who left a message saying, hey, if you ever read this message, know that your album experience with Joe Rogan has kept me from killing myself. I wake up every day with a bit more sense of purpose and I listen to the whole album while working out. Uh, Joe's words and your music saved my life. Uh, and I get messages like that every day. And uh, it's obviously um, and just to do what it is that you love and have that be how you provide for your family is, is an incredible thing. And to be able to do that and be useful in the world is is mind mind blowingly wonderful. Oh, I I I, I yeah. agree with you one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because um, I, 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 you know we're always we're always being forced or encouraged. We don't have to take the bait, of course. We're always being encouraged to 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 pay mind to the the rat race, and I think that to to have these moments where you realize that there are wonderful, wonderful human connections being made, and there are wonderful legacies being built to be hopefully left behind for somebody else to find it in a time capsule, or scribbled on the uh, scribbled on the the in the, the the door of God knows where else to to be doing something nice in the middle of a batshit crazy hurricane it is uh it's so it really is uplifting and i'm glad that we keep i think that the the testament to that is nights like tonight the fact that we have crossed paths where i was already i was already uh vibing out to your to your music and, uh, and then all of a sudden i see that you're following me on twitter and then you know we have we have other mutual friends and i said you know what this is it, this is incredible. This just goes to show that y you cast a line. You really do cast a line, and the line, the I should say, you cast a net with every thought that you um, that you reinforce, and it, it really the brain is a muscle in that way. And here we are. You know, the, this this is how these connections are made. It's 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 oh, they, it almost takes care of itself. One of my more popular releases from last year that was not planned. It was not on. I have a, a huge amount of records to make that are, I, I'm like, you know, that I'm moving towards. I have this album I'm going to make in 2024 and this one I'm going to make at this point and so on and so forth. And then other things come along that I wasn't expecting. One of them was a record I made last year called Freedom to Chains, uh, sampling Paul Harvey. Mm. And the only reason that record exists is because I got very sick and I was in bed and I was looking at your telegram and you posted this Paul Harvey speech. And I listened to it, and I was immediately inspired to make something with it, and I pulled over my laptop, and I sat there in bed, super sick, and put together, like, the foundational musical, like, 
worked out the choruses, all that type of thing, like the first stage of that record, just there and then. At one point, my wife came in and going, what are you doing? You're supposed to be resting. Like, yo, inspiration. You know what I mean? And uh, that record came out amazing, and it's lots of people's favorite record, and that record wouldn't have existed had I not been sick and had I not looked at your telegram and had you not posted that video. Like, so much of life is is so. It really is amazing. Uh, you know, if Paul if Paul Harvey uh, does it for you, then you would find some incredible, incredible stuff with a man named uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen. If you haven't heard him, oh man, just that just about go. In, he had a he was a, he's he's a an old school traditional Catholic bishop that had a television show in the mid to late 1950s. So this is prior to Vatican II and all that stuff. He had a television show and he had a chalkboard. He did the chalkboard decades before Glenn Beck did, and and he would talk about things like anxiety and uh, and, and he he would get into the everyday life of people and and he didn't get to you you can tell he's a man of God and you can tell that he is a man who has dedicated himself to a uh, very very high purpose and um, and very dedicated indeed but it it he really is somebody that anybody can listen to and I think that you would find incredible value in some of the talks that he did for people on television back in the 50s I, I look forward to diving into this I've just found a video called life is worth living a cure for selfishness which is an incredible title in itself I, I'm telling you you're gonna you're gonna go nuts I and I can't wait to see how <laughs> how it puts you down what path it it throws you down man <laughs> Hey, thanks for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, please do, uh, you know, if you ever come across anything else and you think, you know what, Akira would turn that into a great record, please do send it to me. Oh, will do. We'll do. Uh, hey, may maybe one night I'll throw you some kind of a, uh, I'll throw you some kind of a, a rant of my own. So, so, so that you, you can make, if you're ever in the if you're ever in the mood of doing something a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> Yo, just... I am. I, I honestly am. That's one thing I do uh, is I make sure I'm covering the emotional spectrum you know the emotional the emotional range uh i just did a very chill what have i just done i just did a very chill record with fucking dr spock <laughs> that's what i did today i put out music every week today we had a record sampling uh a 1968 star trek episode uh, last week we had a single where i trans i turned a burton Bradley poem into a kind of like anthem the week before that, we had Charles Bukowski. I saw the Bukowski upload. But it was very joyful, musically, over his, you know, very, obviously, Charles Bukowski-esque uh, take on humanity. Uh, and before that, we had Terrence McKenna on a trip-hoppy thing. But next week, we've got Wes Watson. And it's like the most aggressive record I think I've ever done. It's like it's like Takashi 6ix9ine headbutting Slayer or something. It's ridiculous. Oh, hell. Over-the-top aggressive. So that being to say, yes... The emotional spectrum is very important, and I think a Frank Rant uh, wave could be something quite beautiful. Frank wave. Well, hell, 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 hell. We'll see. Somewhere down the line, just planting seeds as always. Akira, yeah. uh, we, we've got to do this. Uh, we've got to do this more often. This was a. I had a wonderful time with you tonight, and uh, there's there's no. We can we can we can go on forever, especially since the <laughs> the world delivers such gems to be to be chopped up. So uh, let everybody know. I put your link tree in the description of this episode. It'll be shared across everything, and I'd love to have you back as often as you'd like to return and also if you're ever watching the show you just call in if you have i don't know if we're taking calls call in you can anytime. I the show. 
Uh, that, that's wonderful. Thank you. And uh, next time, I'll make sure that A, I have uh, a battery, a fresh battery in my camera, and B, I don't have the autofocus on. Because I just realized the fucking focus has been going crazy. It was lovely. Yeah, the studio, this is, I'm, you know, I'm trapping out of an Airbnb in Mexico. The studio is coming together uh, bit by bit, and I'm doing my best. Yeah. Well, but anyway, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Uh, it's lovely hanging out with you. It was very and, lovely. Uh, very and lovely. And your people. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to the, shout out to the quite frankly community. Uh, a glorious, a glorious cacophony of beautiful individuals. I'm going to make sure that we have your, we're going to, we have some more of your music in the, in the, the, um, all of our, our playlists for the next coming day, especially throughout the weekend. And we get, I hope that people start going and using all the links that I put in the description so they can find your music and, and kick around and leave some comments and reach out to you and all that. And we'll have you back before you know it, my friend. Thank you for all of the work and your wonderful insights. Hey, God bless you, brother. Take care. Good keep, night. keep doing the incredible stuff you're doing. The world is way richer for your existence. That's very kind, and I, uh, I return the sentiment 100% and without prejudice. Much love, my oh. friend. God bless. God bless. Take care. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Akira the Don. That was, uh, that was a very... I knew it was going to be great. Seems like a really cool guy. I should have um, asked him about uh, uh, Dark Maga. Did you hear about Dark Maga? Dark Maga? Dark Maga. MAGA? MAGA. Like MAGA MAGA? Yeah. What's that all about? It's, uh, it's, so pretty much it is, it is this aesthetic that has been cultivated for the... Was it just Trump wave with like dark synth shit? Right, right. And, and it's, it's become very dark. And Newsweek, <laughs> Newsweek and left, leftist journalists, they, they've been covering it because they're concerned with how aggressive it's getting. Oh. And they said, and so pretty much the, uh, the internet created this aesthetic... Or it's, it's even more with Trump. It's, it's a dark, everything darkened, and he's got the glowing eyes. And that they're trying, they want Trump to come back in 2024 and to run on a campaign that is based on severe revenge. <laughs> in fact, I've got, a, I've got a, uh, a dark MAGA video over here I want to play. Uh, let's go on a really quick break. And uh, it's not an intermission, but it's a break, and you're going to see the dark MAGA in there. Uh, you got to check it out. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Thanks again to Akira the Don. Who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? Ray Skywalker. <laughs> you serious? Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or fucking <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite frankly, streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? The fuck is that? Shit! I'm dying in this fucking country-ass fucked-up town. <laughs> Shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pollen. Let's get the fuck out of this country, motherfucker. I can't even see me. All right, ladies and gentlemen.
What'd you think of that, Matt? That's pretty cool. Dark MAGA. I gotta start listening now and <laughs> add it to my Trump Wave playlist. <laughs> Have over 190 songs of all Trump Wave. Yeah, that's badass. That's badass stuff. Everybody says it's it's Nazi. It's Nazi. He's got an eagle behind him. That, that's the same eagle they have in the back of the quarter. An eagle is a noble bird. The back of the United States quarter. But they just went in. They He's, just went in on the on the imagery. Just so dark. <laughs> There's a Biden wave. I actually looked for it, dude. It fucking sucks. What? Who made it Biden wave? Sucks. You can't make it. I might have even commented on it and how bad it was. Hold on. What is it? How do I do oh, this? Oh, dude, just put Biden wave. It's terrible. Which one? I'll tell you which one was it. Uh, uh, where is it? That one. No, this is dementia wave. Oh, oh, all right. No. So that's probably... There's one. I know there's one. This Jomentum? I don't know. Maybe. Well, you got to show it to one. me. I one. I was like, these people are serious. Like, they're actually trying to... You can't do it with him because he doesn't talk like a strong, you know, person. No, he's Sounds not. like a weak old man. He's just a weakling. Yeah. He's a weak, weak man. Yeah, he's pathetic. He's a pathetic, pathetic, weak man. Yeah, with his liver spots. <laughs> What a, what a dumb, what a dumb guy. Yeah, he's just a giant piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a, uh, let's get to some super chats. <coughs> Uh-oh. Clovid. It's coming back. Jack Bamberger on Rockfin says, oh, nothing, just gave me a tip. Thank you so much, Jack. And Brit Last, Brit Last on Rockfin. Two wonderful tips on Rockfin. Thank you guys and gals over there. Let's go to the Super Chats on Tipistream. First one up is from Citizen Chuck. Citizen Chuck says, another great show. Thanks very much for the introduction to Akira. Very genuine and talented guy. Also, Fulton Sheen is awesome and can may be canonized. I know he is the venerable Fulton Sheen. I know he's ven so, so he's close. He can be a saint. He could be made, uh, as far as that whole process goes, he could be made a saint. But what a, what a guy. I, I love watching his stuff. I was watching it when I was sick. Uh, Stostube says, great Friday, Frank. Have a wonderful weekend. And now that you're feeling better and the good weather is coming around, we have to get the humidor uh, filed and ready for some smokes. Oh, yes. Yes, or filled, you, should, you said filled, ready for some smokes. A uh, bundle of barber poles with a side bundle of vanilla cognac coming your way. Get out of town. From lefties, those are wonderful. From lefties. Thank you so much, lefties. Lefties cigars. You can get that. That's on the affiliates link too. I told them that once the summertime comes around, not only are we going to have a steak and cigar night with the guys, they'll come and roll it for us there. I want them to come on the show one Saturday night and do do rolling and talk about the the long history of their business 
Yeah, let me know when you do, so I'm gonna bring a bunch of weed and I'm gonna make them roll me a cigar blunt. Okay. It'll happen. Maybe. That also could ruin their careers. Yeah, they might be opposed to it. Yes. But it's legal now. It's getting legaler. They can sell like $200 cigars at their shop. Here is a here's a uh, another one from Captain Castiron. It says, "Hello Frank, music is such an essential part of the human experience. It can be time a time machine, a way to meditate, a way to astral project. Uh, your John Denver story, for example, good music strums the strings of the soul." Chode Man says, "I don't have a soul. <laughs> I don't have a pulse. <laughs> That's it. I don't have a pulse." <laughs> Chode Man says, big love to Akira the Don. He's literally all I listen to, and I extensively use his music on Quite Frankly TV. So that's Chode that has been curating mu much of that. That's wonderful. I see that during the week. So um, uh, honored as a fan and a fellow, frankly. Dark Maga Pepe says, what does Matt have to say about the killing of Capital, uh, the Capital Fox and its kits? Do foxes really... They killed the kits? I didn't even know about the fox. What happened? Oh, it attacked a bunch of reporters. And maybe some staff members of Biden. I think it bit five or six people and it they, was rabid. This fox should have been made into a saint. Uh, yeah. Saint fox? I guess, I mean, they had to kill the babies, but they could have just Wait held a second. them and How seen come, if they is there any memes? Sick. Is there any memes on this yet? How, How the hell... How do they know that this... the babies had rabies? Wait, me. They oh. could have held the babies and see. They had to kill the babies to see if it had rabies, because you have to test the brain. Let me see. Capital Fox. Memes. They're fuck. That's animal cruelty. They killed it. The babies. See, I would have held on to it just to see how they were were acting before I made the decision this, to slaughter. This needs it. to be added to the pantheon of of meme uh, meme lore, uh, meme mascots like Harambe. This thing showed up on the, at the Capitol and, and went after members of Congress and the press, and we are not canonizing this thing like we did Harambe? We need... What's this? Oh, here's, there, here's a there funny one. Is there footage of it? I want to see how it's acting. I have to look into this. This is from April 8th. How did I not know this? Oh yeah, well that's easy. Why did the capital fox need to, to die to be tested for rabies? Why is that? Test the brain matter. I've had to cut heads off of animals to bring it to the health department. How come for rabies you all you need to go into brain matter? You can't just because that's it. where it goes. Okay. That's why depending on where you get bit depends on how quick it it forms. Usually it's like seven to ten days, and once the symptoms set in, you're dead. But if you get like bit in the head. You might not have seven days because it's already so close to your brain. Wow. Yeah, bro. Here, here's, here's one but the meme. the virus dies after one hour, like a dead rabbit animal, like after one hour, the blood or whatever, where it's, you can't get it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So to be really safe from rabies, you should kill every animal you see first. That's what Connecticut wants. They want to put down the, the raccoons. Uh, here's a here's a meme I found. It's from uh, Grand Torino. Get off my lawn! But it's instead of Clint Eastwood, it's a fox. <laughs> 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 I, I I did not know about this. Thank you for letting me know, there, Captain Cast Iron. That was Captain Cast Iron who said that, right? It was, oh no, it was Dark Maga Pepe. 
Sorry, Dark Maga. Thank you so much. Oh, the Grim Reaper is in there. The Grim Reaper says, uh, just wanted to check in with you, Frank. I'm watching you. Uh, must have, the Grim Reaper must have heard me on Dark Delight today. You know, Francis, I had a video of me catching a rabid raccoon with my hands, and it's lost forever because Facebook nuked my account. Really? Yeah. No. Ish. Well, that's just the way it goes. That's the way it goes. All right. Uh, before we get off, it's 824. Let's watch this video. Let's watch this video. This is the video that has been put together of me. Where is it? Is quite frankly a mason. So this means BCP is a mason too. Hold on. It, yeah, BCP is in I it. I knew it. I knew it. That's. This is just what they say. I don't want to. Hold on a second. Up, upsy daisy. All right, here we go. Screen capture is quite frankly a mason. Let's let's watch this. It's it's three minutes long. It's very dramatic. It's me. So for those of you, it's me like with my fingers touching. So if I sit here and I I rest my arms down, I cannot touch my fingers together because then suddenly I'm doing that that uh, that triangle with the hands thing. I think doesn't even look like a triangle. I'm just yeah, touching my fingertips. No, Jeez. it's a triangle. You know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's me. For those of you in podcast land, now it's me in black conservative <laughs> patriot. This is our pact. This is our undaunted <laughs> Oh, I touched my fingers together again. When they <laughs> and you can be sure that they shall. We shall. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, hold on, you're in the way there. Let me get. Uh, let me move you over here on top. Uh, it, it now, now BCP smiled in this particular episode that we're on together, and the maker, the the, um, the investigator, who's trying to figure out whether or not I'm a Mason, said, "Hey BCP, what's so funny?" <laughs> I love how he's in on it. We're just secretly uh, playing everybody. <laughs> and that's the best thing is, what are we signaling each other? Like, what what's the signal? Why couldn't we have done this off air? <laughs> Oh, oh, wait, that was Rich Barris. Rich Barris, hey, he put his fingers together as well. Look, Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, he is also a satanic mason. This is really wonderful. I mean, somebody had to watch a lot of, quite frankly, to this get this. This is damning. This is damning. This is our pact. This is our pact. This is the treat. Oh, wow, I look drunk there. Damn. Yeah, drunk with power. Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. There we go. Ooh, dude. Racist. Uh-oh. Rob, too? With Rob. Rob, too? I, I can't believe I I got caught. And Rob didn't even notice. I was, you know what? No, all joking aside, I think probably Rob really is a Mason. You know what? He's got a good poker face. Look, look, look at how straight his face yeah. is right there. 
He's not letting anybody. He's in. looking at. He's like, "Why are you doing that right now?" He doesn't like to. Yeah. He's. You know what? What I see in Rob's face right there is that he's not offended that I'm doing it. He is upset <laughs> that I'm doing it so brazenly. Yeah. That I yeah, keep exactly. it. Keep it exactly. quiet. Keep exactly. it quiet, bro. Yep. They were all part of the club. Me and Cuomo. PCP. He's touching his fingers together again. Oh, it looks like I'm having an orgasm. What is this song saying? A bond of brotherhood? Or I, I don't know what it is. I never. Is heard this an it. actual Freemason song? Probably. Whoever made this is a Freemason. That's how they know about this song. I mean, that's that's the ultimate irony, here, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's what we'll just keep saying to ourselves. Uh oh, I'm covering up the the <laughs> a part of the left eye. Wait, but that's... Wait, 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 but... Okay, no. Now, now they put a picture of Beyonce, I guess, covering up her right eye, exposing her left. I'm, I'm, I'm fiddling with my left eye. Yeah, 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 that's my right eye that's opened. I'm covered... Now I'm... Oh, God. I can't even touch my face in dismay anymore. In despair. Can't be dismayed on the air anymore. That's half of the... Half of the show is me being dismayed and putting my head in my hands. Uh, Johnny Depp, there you go. Johnny Depp. Oh, and and uh, Bono. Uh, here comes the tattoos. Yep. yep. Frank, really? Oh, I look like I'm very pained right there. I've got King's shirt on. What would Big Pump do? I gotta go. It's eight thirty. I have to. I have to start the book club. Uh, where else does it go? Okay. Oh, oh wait. Did you sell out? Quite frankly, shady as fuck. Uh, and then there is all of the. There we are, and there I am touching my face again. And what's so funny? So hilarious. Oh, oh, this is the best part. No, this is the best. I'm. I'm so happy. I scrolled through. The very end is the best part. Watch this. <laughs> it says disgusted. Been watching for years. It took you this long to know I had a tattoo? Hats That's off funny. to whoever made this. Good for them. That's funny. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So, um, confirmed. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for the time here tonight. Uh, everybody on on Foxhole with the gold pills, I have to get through this real quick because I have to start the book club up. Uh, Jay Bell, thank you. Cheers for your Satanism. Crowley is proud, uh, as I am. Thank you, J-Bell. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you. Judy the Ladypug, thank you. Uh, Kaboomer, C. Blanche, Judy the Ladypug, B-Tech B Vendetta, I love Akira the Don's music. 123SKG, good cam comparison to Russell Brand, but Akira seems more light-filled. You know, I should have asked him about that. He has to come from, like, the same 
part of the UK where Russell Brand comes from because they have similar accents. Sounds like they're from Liverpool. No, it's not Liverpool. It's definitely not Liverpool. Thank you, Rise Attire. That shit just made my week, Frank. You guys were awesome together. What an interview. He'll be back. Zoso Dude says, don't forget the BCP, quite frankly, video. Oh, yes. Was it you that made this, Zoso? And Athena540, thank you, guys. I'm releasing the scratching right now so you guys can enjoy. But do not go anywhere. I'm going live on quitefrankly.tv in just a moment. Um, and that's all we have for you tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Matt, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, dude. Until Monday, darlings. Until Monday, we will be back in a jiff. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter. Citizen Chuck, Stostube, Captain Cast Iron, Chode Man, Dark Maga Pepe, and the Grim Reaper. For everybody that is part of the book club experience, you go to quitefrankly.tv and wait to refresh the page. Or you can go to DLive. Those are the two places we will be there. And uh, I will see you soon. For everybody else, you know how to get in touch. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail or protonmail.com. Would love to hear from you and become a sponsor. Thank you so much. Nighty night.